Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Jeff McCallum, co-host of Cups and Cakes, a bi-weekly music podcast playing mostly Canadian independent acts with an emphasis on the prairie cities and co-creator of a new podcast called Inside the Artist Studio. Welcome. Thank you. Seen and Heard in Edmonton is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. ATB Financial is making it possible for us to build this network to help podcasters create and businesses succeed. And you'll learn more about that later in the show. All right, Jeff. So you do cups and cakes with your friend, Carrie Newton. Tell me the origin story. The origin would basically be best friends, known him almost my whole life and getting older seeing each other less. He lives on the outskirts of Edmonton and I moved right into the core. So a uh, good excuse to get together, drink some beers, have some laughs. Cause as you get older, you kind of, you know, you, you, other things become priorities and you drift apart a little bit. And we wanted to try to eliminate that. Well, that's a, that's a worthy goal, but it's like a lot of work and you put out a podcast like <laughs> every two weeks, every week, every two weeks. Every two weeks. Yeah. So, um, there must be something else that you've been wanting to get out of it than just beers with friends. Cause you could do that with a lot less effort. Yeah. Somewhere around two years in, I think it kind of transformed and shifted into something where I really wanted to perhaps try to be a driving force for people to discover new music, uh, specifically new music from Edmonton. But then the other Prairie cities also have incredible music scenes and I'm a big music guy, obviously. So I keep track of what's going on in Canada. And I always felt like, especially Edmonton, even more so than like Calgary, Saskatoon or Winnipeg gets brushed over uh, by, you know, the big, the big names, Exclaim Magazine, CBC Radio. It's just kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's that city up there. There is a lot of people there, but we don't really care about them. So, right. and the music scene here is off the wall. It's insane. All genres, um, except for maybe, maybe we're lacking a little bit in hip hop and maybe a little bit in the jazz scene, but that's just, I think more of a, the kind of the people that live here maybe, but, uh, those scenes are, are picking up a little bit, but. Yeah, you had some episodes that, that dove into that and also experimental music, which if not for Cups and Cakes, I would know zero about the experimental music scene. Well, that is one scene in Edmonton that might be considered the best in the country. You will hear people from other cities say that they they have no idea why it's so good here. And I mean, people will say perhaps the long winter or stuff like that, but there's a lot of other cities that have long winters. There's just something about, there's like uh, some underlying weirdness in the city and people <laughs> really like to explore that. <laughs> um, cups and Cakes, What? where did the name come from? Why did you decide on that? It's a reference to a song on Spinal Tap. Really? Yeah, yeah. So before they were Spinal Tap, they were the Thamesmen, and they had, I think the two songs that they had on the on the mockumentary were Give Me Some Money and Cups and Cakes. Oh, man. I did not know that. I'm so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> I, I need to renew my acquaintance with that movie. <laughs> uh, don't feel bad. I, we interview a ton of bands, and almost everyone doesn't make the connection. It's beautiful. Like, like I thought it was kind of cute and it gives you an interesting logo, but, but now it's got like depth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and if you listen to the song Cups and Cakes, it was definitely kind of what we were going for. Uh, just, you know, fun times with friends and yeah. Yeah. It fits. Excellent. So what challenges have you run up against doing a podcast about music? 
that is the biggest one playing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, very early on, even before I was, you know, serious about it, I wanted to make sure it was being put out there in a legal way and ethical way because I am playing other people's music. And when we started off, we were playing maybe more popular independent acts, uh, you know, not necessarily focusing strictly on Canadian acts. We would play stuff for, by like St. Vincent or perhaps the Black Lips. And these are bigger known independent bands. And I just wanted to make sure that I was doing it in a, you know, in a legal way, an ethical way. So I looked into a lot of things, uh, found out that you need SOCAN licensing and that uh, you can't make it downloadable. Right. It's just, you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't fully appreciate that, right? Yeah, and I think that's been one of our biggest struggles with actually gaining you know, followers and, and people that are interested in it because you need to dedicate data mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. it. And it's a tough thing. So I think a lot of people that listen actually listen at home on their on their PC or their Mac and listen to it that way because it's an hour and a half and, you know, that's, that's a lot of streaming. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can get that bad message from your um, yeah, yeah. provider pretty quickly. <laughs> Okay, so then, but you found a solution in Mixcloud so that at least you could um, be, you you could still publish your podcast. So what's different about that? Well, we started out on a place called Podomatic and then we briefly tried SoundCloud, very briefly. SoundCloud is awful. (laughs) Um, But for those, we needed SoCan licensing. And when I made the switch to Mixcloud, it had been recommended to me by uh, Chad from CJSR and it was a platform they were attempting to try. And the reason why is you don't need to pay SoCan. Mixcloud covers all your tariffs, all your fees, which is just phenomenal. It saves you a little over a hundred bucks a year. But then the other thing about Mixcloud that I really love is that we can put every episode we ever did up for free. You don't, I don't pay a cent to Mixcloud. Really? And we have over 80 episodes up there. Yeah, and long episodes, as you mentioned. And yeah. so there's, there's a lot of data there that they're... You betcha, yeah. I think Mixcloud kind of started as a DJ hub where DJs could like actually put, you know, a good, even maybe as long as five-hour set that they had recorded and put it up there. And it's really, I think they found this new market and they're starting to push that. So CJSR, the local campus radio station here, has a lot of shows that they'll put up on Mixcloud now. And mm. the other thing I really like about Mixcloud, and this is something I got to do a little bit better job of letting our listeners know, is that at any point in time, if you hear a song that you like on our show, you just need to look at your feed. And I can timestamp every single song with the artist and the name of the song. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So there's a, those are some pretty key things, but it's just, it's just less known than SoundCloud. Yeah. But SoundCloud is almost impossible it is impossible for to use they told me that a socan license wasn't good enough i needed that version of our you know canada's licensing whatever conglomerate for every single country in the world oh really that's what they told me legally that was how i was gonna have to do it hmm, that's interesting well soundcloud is like a whole bag of worms anyway as far as like their business model and everything well yeah and they're being sued quite a bit yeah yeah interesting um so that's the the format of your podcast of cups and cakes right now is that you uh you and carrie talk 
you play some music and sometimes you have uh, a guest in to talk yeah. about uh, a scene and then sometimes a fellow named Marvin Greensboro conducts an interview. Yes, well. yes. yes. He is our music correspondent. He started out as our uh, news guy. He would deliver music news. Uh-huh. And as we started bringing in more people to interview, we just ran out of talk time. Typically the episodes are half hour talk time, hour of music. Right. And we like to stay true to that. So mm-hmm. we we've kind of run out of time for the news. <laughs> but we found another spot for him. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So how important do you think that podcasting and other forms of independent media are for nurturing a local music scene? I don't know. Honestly, um, I'm starting to get a lot of feedback from local artists, you know, saying, keep doing what you're doing. So that's good. Mm -hmm. But I kind of have always thought of us as an extension of perhaps the campus radio station. And I mean, CKUA will play some local stuff as well, which is awesome, but they definitely have a sound that they gravitate towards here. Whereas like CJSR plays anything and everything, stuff that maybe shouldn't even be played. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I just kind of thought that we could be an extension of that. Uh, And the one thing I found is if you have a DJ or someone that you enjoy, a show that you enjoy on CKUA or on CJSR, it can be tough to catch it, especially, you know, your work schedule being what it is mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to be there because it's done live and that's that. Yeah. Whereas I can be something that you can listen to when you have time. Yeah, I think it's so powerful to put the, the controls back in the hands of the listener for controlling what they are going to listen to at any given time. Yeah. Um. You guys also hosted a live event in uh, May for your birthday at The Needle. Yeah, we did nothing. I didn't, <laughs> I, my face did not go near a microphone, but no. we, we like to uh, get some bands together once a year and have a little birthday bash. That, that was cool. Yeah, 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 it was fun. Yeah, because it, it's just nice to, to have some in real life um, Interactions with your brand, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, one of the guys that you had on stage was Doug Hoyer. Yes, one of our favorites. He's such a delight, and and one of the many things that I love about Doug Hoyer is that he writes a lot of theme songs for local podcasts. He does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can get little bits of Doug Hoyer all over the place. Yeah. 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 That's very awesome. What's your day job? I'm a journeyman carpenter. Okay. I'm actually working just over there on the library. Oh, is that right? Yeah. On the the, uh, the Milner Library. You betcha, yeah. It, and are you happy with a kind of a, a manual day job and then and then this is your side gig or would you like this to be your day job someday, something like it? That's what I am attempting right now. That's why that we right? did the website and actually did a second podcast, one that is actually a real podcast yeah. and not just like an internet radio show. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to make a go of it because I was either going to school to change my career. I've been a carpenter for like 15 years or uh, I was going to do this. And I I had some downtime at work over the winter and I was doing some side work where I'm when I do side work, I could actually listen to music at work. But I decided to catch up on some podcasts and my favorite podcast of all time is radio lab mm-hmm. i know it's not local or anything like no, that but, but it's wonderful and it uh it was just that epiphany aha moment i'm gonna i'm gonna make a go of this 
because I am passionate about this. So awesome. Um, I have lots more questions for you, especially about your new podcast, your okay. real podcast. But uh, let's take a break uh, for a word from our sponsors. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by ATB Financial, founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network. At a meeting the other day with a part of the team at ATB that looks after some of its most exciting programs aimed at helping entrepreneurs. These women, I got to tell you, are so smart and so passionate about helping people succeed in business and so excited about the podcast network, which was very gratifying indeed. You can see some of their handiwork at the Entrepreneur Centers in Edmonton and Calgary. It's also worth your while to keep an eye out for ATBX, which is the accelerator program that they've started in Calgary, and ATB Lender, which is a crowd lending program to help small businesses grow. All of these creative programs exist because ATB listens, and you can learn more at atb.com slash listen. All right, we're back with Jeff McCallum of Cups and Cakes and the new Inside the Artist's Studio. So how do you describe that? Well, basically, it is just an interview with a band done by Marvin Greensboro, but we started this thing and we were just putting them, it was like a segment on the show, and that's how it started. But we found that the interviews were maybe like 20 minutes, half hour long, and depending on how many people from the band decided they wanted to join us. And we couldn't use the whole thing. Like I said, the show's an hour of music, half hour talk time. Mm-hmm. So we were, I was really paring these down in the editing process, like just taking them down to like nothing basically and losing a lot of really great stuff. So I, uh, when I decided I wanted to try to maybe extend our brand, if you will, it's <laughs> so weird to say, but um, I thought this would be a really, really good way to maybe get the rest of these interviews out because I think they're great. They usually have, you know, they're pretty fun and and laid back. They're not your typical interview that you would perhaps hear with a a band when they're promoting a new album. Like we will cover, you know, all the necessaries from a new album, but really quickly. And then we like to dive into uh, getting to know the artists a little bit with some goofy questions. Yeah, so it is goofy. I, I think we should tell our listeners that that Marvin is is a character. He's not like a real person. <laughs> we, we for the very first time, we kind of let people know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I thought I can oh, uh, lift the veil because you, you spilled the beans yourself. But so why, what, what's the value of having um, this sort of character interview people instead of Jeff or Carrie? Uh, the value? I don't know because he can be whatever he wants to be. He's, a, he's an interesting duck. We still don't know all that we need to know about Marvin, but he was created by Carrie when we were in high school, basically. And uh, yeah, he can he can say and do things unapologetically, and and not that he ever really needs to apologize for anything he says, but I don't know. He's just fun, and uh, it just kind of his voice kind of works for that sort of you know one-on-one type thing. I think it's, he's a bit of a rip on James Lipton mm-hmm. um, and because James Lipton is so over the top and ridiculous and almost hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> and it was a little bit of a rip on him, even though the interview style is way different than what James Lipton does, which is also kind of a little bit of a rip. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just been this fun little part of the show and we decided to keep him around. 
Do you think that Nardwar kind of um, blazed the the trail for musicians getting used to being interviewed by a not quite real guy, or maybe hyper real guy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, Nardwar is Nardwar. <laughs> um, I think uh, Nardwar is a comparison Carrie never likes. Is that right? Yeah, because uh, it's not what he was going for, but he, I guess he kind of comes off that way mm. to a lot of people because that's probably the comparison that he gets most. Yeah. And uh, Nardwar is awesome. Yeah. And, and he's just, he's iconic at this point, but like, so was Ed the Sock, right? Mm-hmm. Ed the Sock was a character that conducted interviews and he was over the top. And I mean, it, it maybe just lets you be a little bit different than what you would normally be in real life perhaps but uh yeah i don't know he's he's just a conduit for for the show he's he's uh he's fun so on inside the artist studio marvin interviews a musician and then you play one yeah yeah usually the single from their latest release yeah and so how, how do you get around the licensing there you get like permission from yeah yeah i get verbal permission and and we're keeping it small bands local bands um it'll always be canadian bands and you know like i don't know if i could ever have sloan on because it'd be and i wouldn't want to anyways yeah but um yeah i try to keep it some of the you know up and coming local acts or you know local to canada yeah i guess because we did have century palm on but they're from toronto even though most of them originally are from calgary but uh, yeah, we, we're still trying in that whole thing to keep it, you know, Alberta-based and maybe Prairie-based for sure. And, and small enough that it's in their interest for more people to hear their music so that they can make some money. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. independent is obviously a big thing. You yeah. know, I know uh, Century Palmer on another label, like they don't, they didn't put that out themselves, but the label's cool with it, then we're cool with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you just launched a new website as of our talking here right now. Yes. And yeah. Our first website. Our first website, right? Because you were kind of living all over the place wherever one could find cups and cakes. Yeah. Um, one of the things on there is teasing to something called CNC TV. So what, what are you willing to tell me about what that is? Um, probably that it's not going to happen that soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do all this stuff as a hobby out of pocket and once I can pay off the website and I'd like to do another run of shirts before I start looking at that but uh, it will eventually be kind of like what the wedge was where we will play music videos from independent musicians all Canada based though but we won't we won't be so strict about focusing on Edmonton Mm -hmm. with that because music videos are you know they're they're an expensive thing to make and Bands still make them. Small bands make them. And I yeah. not have, like, I, I just feel like it'd be nice to have one spot where you could go and, and watch those. Because I loved The Wedge growing up. The, the Wedge was a huge source of this musical is a, discovery. A much music show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was, uh, and I, a lot of people I know that, you know, are big into music. The Wedge was like the holy grail of TV time for them growing up. It is so funny what has happened, right, with with music videos because there was like this whole industry of TV networks that were playing music videos, which just started as like a promotional thing for 
for records and CDs. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then at some point, all of those video channels turned into reality TV <laughs> channels, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so weird. And now where music videos live is on YouTube. Absolutely, And in yeah. Facebook. Um, and But I agree with you that we need something to draw more attention to that work because a music, a well-done music video is a, is a work of art in itself. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, the show would highlight not just the band, we would be talking about the director and, and doing stuff like that. And I don't think The Wedge ever did that, but it is important because there are these students coming out of, you know, video programs and mm-hmm. it's a it's a quick, easy step to, to set up your portfolio to do a music video and to have someone highlighting it a little bit. I mean, I'm, I haven't even really looked into it. There's probably a ton of them out there doing it, but I just thought it would be an, a logical next step. Yeah, I support you in this. I think it's excellent. One of my favorite creators of local um, music videos is Fish Krakowski. Okay. Who has shot some stuff for Wet Secrets. Yeah. I think for Shout Out 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 and I don't know, like lots and they're awesome yeah. and I want more people to watch them. So make make your TV show <laughs> or your video show when you can afford it. You've got a store now too that might help you afford it. So tell me what you've learned so far about making and selling merch. Um, not a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right now you can find our skateboards and our t-shirts at the local hideout distro. So we actually do have it in a physical store in Edmonton, which is in the basement of the Mercer building at 104th and 104th. And we've been doing that for a while. Uh, Tori who runs that is, is great. And she really pushes local artisan products. Um, but we wanted something online because it, you know, for the impulse buy, you know, you're on there, you're like, oh, I like that. I, I want this to be as easy as possible. I'm sitting at home, you know, in my house coat. <laughs> Let's make it as easy as possible. And I couldn't tell you anything more than that. I uh, haven't, we haven't sold anything. The website's only been up and running for, I think, two weeks now. Yeah. And I don't really expect to sell much, but maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, might as well, right? Yeah. Multiple revenue streams is what they say. Is, Absolutely. Is yeah. Key yeah. to it. Yeah. But the skateboards I make myself, um, I have a background in custom furniture. I've done all sorts of different things in the carpentry world. So I do make them myself. People often ask me, oh, you, you do the painting on them. No, I no. start to finish, make wow. them myself. So there's that little aspect to it. And then the shirts was just kind of, well, my my good buddy Joel Jolliker did the design. He also did all the design work for our logos and and stuff like that. And uh, I just decided to make some shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been, there's a few out there. Uh, I still have a lot available. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> Go and buy some stuff. Help Jeff out. All right. So what else is next for Cups and Cakes and its growing empire? Oh, figuring all of this out. Yeah. Um, I still haven't had the website handed over to me yet. So when that happens, I get lessons on how to update it and that'll be a learning curve for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think right now I'm really focusing on trying to run it as a business, even though, you know, there'll be no revenue stream at all, but to actually be able to track, you know, expenses and stuff like that. So my wife, who's an accountant, is going to help me kind of get my myself in order there. Very good. And yeah, scheduling my time right now yeah. is a huge thing because I res- I research 
everything myself. I, I listen to so much music. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm my job now as a commercial carpenter, I'm not allowed to listen to music at work, which was my bread and butter for the first two years, like just doing all my research at work. So now it takes up a lot of my time at home, just the research portion of it. So I got I got to do that and then schedule, you know, the recording, the interviews, and then also do all the editing myself and all the social media myself. So I need to find a way to schedule my time better because this is all, you know, a side gig. Side gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so once I can figure out my time a little bit better, my expenses a little bit better, then maybe we'll see Cups and Cakes TV, but... This this is a big step right now with the second podcast and the website. So I just got to figure figure life out with this stuff in it, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe bring on like a intern or something to help you do the stuff. I can't afford to pay anybody, but it, you know, and I'm very I'm pretty particular about it. But I I would value actually having you know a student that might be interested in coming and perhaps teaching me a thing or two. Mm. Because, uh, you know, I've it's all been trial and error. I have no formal knowledge in any of this stuff. A lot of YouTube learning for Logic and, you know, microphone setups and stuff like that. And, you know, some some bands helping me out a little bit with some of their knowledge. It's uh, yeah, It's been quite a learning curve. But it, but it sounds like a rewarding one. Yeah, well, definitely, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm still doing it, so. Yeah, three years <laughs> in, yeah. Okay, we'll take another break, and when we come back, we're going to hear about the local independent media that Jeff recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We have a couple of really interesting politics podcasts on the network. High Level Showdown is a debate and discussion about all kinds of politics, municipal, provincial, national, and international. It was started by Michael Vecchio and Elliot Tanti a couple of years ago, and they have recently brought on Sharon Muvendura as a co-host. And I have to say, I love them all, but my favorite episodes are when she's on. Uh, we also have The Broadcast, which is an interview show about women and politics posted by, uh, hosted by Alex Abchak and Trisha Estabrooks. Alex and Trish are journalists by trade, and you can hear their curiosity and news sense in every question they ask of their guests. I love their show. I learn a lot from it, and I think you will too. Find these and other members of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB at albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right, Jeff, what local podcasts or blogs do you like? I am really bad here. When you told me to have this ready, <laughs> I said, okay, well, maybe I could research some and listen to them, but I only know one. Okay. I only listen to one and I don't listen to it regularly. I've only ever listened to one. And I'm, I, my apologies because <laughs> I, I know you're doing a great thing with your show. When I found out that there was a, a podcast about podcasts, I was just like, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> But uh, the only one I've ever listened to is The Teardown. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, Caleb and myself kind of went back and forth on each other's podcasts. And I really like what he's doing, but he focuses on music as well, which is kind of one of those things I'm obviously passionate about. And I don't really know about any others. And I stopped listening to every podcast I listened to that was, you know, big, big name podcasts. I, I'm not up to date on Radio Lab. I, I just I canceled this American Life and, and you know anything I listened to I the the new serial I didn't listen to because 
all of my listening time at the moment goes to researching music. Yeah, well, that's a good use of your ears, though. Yeah, I would love to get back into podcasts because before I did this show, I really, really listened to a lot and I loved them. But uh, yeah, the teardown's the only one I I can actually recommend because it's the only one I've listened to and been like, I enjoy this. But I really like that you guys did that uh, crisscross because I think what we know from podcasting is the number one way that someone learns about a, another podcast they might want to subscribe to is by hearing them on a podcast. And yeah. So, um, and it's such a collaborative community as well. People, they're not um, kind of elbowing pe- each other out of the way. They they yeah. know that if somebody likes mine, they'll probably like his, and vice versa. And and it's additive to the point at, until you get to the point where you literally can't listen to anymore. Well, when I discovered you, I was blown away by how many podcasts are in the city. Yeah, there's so many, it's right? It's insane. It is yeah, insane. It is. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And they they run the gamut from you know politics to movies to social issues. It's it's incredible. It really is. Yeah, I I just am so amazed at the creative like. I don't know, volcano of stuff that comes out all the time. It's like more than I can ever keep on top of. Yeah, kudos to you because when I see how many that you've actually listened to, I, oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> how does she do it? <laughs> I, I don't watch TV. That's all, just listening all the time. Well, you know what? Uh, going back to podcasts, and this isn't a local one, but I have mentioned it as my favorite. Radio Lab is the in my opinion, the greatest thing that has ever been created as far as media is concerned. It beats any TV show, any, you know, news broadcast, any podcast I've ever listened to. It is, it's so phenomenal. And they can like, with sounds, can actually paint a picture in your brain that you don't need television for. No, it's true. It's so powerful. That that was probably my entry, um, my gateway drug to to podcasting was Radiolab as well. Awesome. And um, one thing about it is it's, I find it a little bit intimidating because the production level is obviously enormously high. Yes. And some of that is because of the, um, just the, the genius of the creators. And yeah. some of it is because they got a like old NPR machine behind them to make it, right? They have a lot of people working on that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the way it started, like I just really liked uh, Jad's concept for it was because he's a music student and, you know, approaching it with that in mind to make the sounds. And like it was, it was really very much about, just as much about the show as it was about the sounds, you know. And I think they've gotten away from that a little bit lately. Yeah, it's not yeah. as uh, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's still good. <laughs> it's still good. All right, I want to uh, wrap up by asking you about your advice for someone who wants to do a podcast that includes music. What have you learned the hard way that someone could benefit from? If you are going to have it on a website anywhere else other than like a hosting site, you will need to pay a SoCan fee. Yeah. yeah, it's just a necessary evil It and evil might be the right word because you talk to musicians about SoCan and there is a lot of disdain towards SoCan, but it's just something you got to do. It's relatively cheap. Just tack it on as one of your annual costs. And if you wanted to format your show like mine, I can't recommend Mixcloud enough. They are incredible. They And it, that's the way that you can, you know, recoup some of that cost. But now that... So for the last year and a half, I haven't been paying SoCan, but now with the website, I have to pay SoCan again 
because uh, another area where you can actually go and listen oh, to it. Oh, it's yeah. distribution. Yeah, so... Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and also with iTunes, the fact, like if it was... I don't even know if you can do this. If there was some way where it was just on iTunes... I think you would still need to pay SoCan. Probably, you gotta yeah. Be, well, you have the, to be hosted somewhere too, right? Yeah, so, yeah, okay. But like, if you own a coffee shop and you want to play music, you have to pay SoCan. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it goes. You have to do it. So I, I would say do it. Just cover your bases. Make sure you're, you're putting everything out there legally and ethically. That, that's a big thing for me, yeah. especially with the fact that, you know, the, the music we play are by bands that do it as a passion project, much like we do the podcast. We're not, none of these bands are actually living off this music. It, yeah. It's just not something that's really possible now, nowadays. Even some of the big names, like we just recently interviewed a Saskatoon band called Shooting Guns who are really well known in like the, the metal scene. And they all have full-time jobs. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's just kind of the way you have to do it, you know. Yeah. How much is a SoCan license per year? Um, I haven't looked into it again, but when I was purchasing SoCan, uh, tar- it, I forget the tariff number, but it was a specific tariff number that's the license to stream. It was less than 100 bucks a year. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so much. Yeah, it's usually less than paying, like, if you wanted to actually get an account, say, on SoundCloud or on Podomatic or I don't know. There's a ton of different hosting sites out there. Those are the ones we've dabbled in. Mm-hmm. It's usually cheaper than actually doing that. So if you do it in conjunction with Mixcloud, then you're all good. Um, and and But you need that license if you're going to play music without the artist knowing that you're going to play the music. But can you still cover your bases by saying, hey, is it okay if I play your song? Technically, no. Technically, no. No, okay. technically, That's no. important for yeah. people to know. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. But if you are like, we could easily get away without doing it because I reach out to all the musicians we play and ask them to send me their, their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They they're excited that we're going to play them, that we've even heard of them and they send me their album. I could easily have no problems, but it's more of a, I guess it's more of a personal thing for me wanting to make sure that even though, you know, if SoCan ever looked at it and saw, you know, say, we'll just use a local Jim, John Common, he would get like a fraction of a cent yeah like maybe a fraction of a fraction of a cent yeah. for that one play it's it's kind of a joke but yeah it's so can for that reason is meant for you know bands like sloan who get played on commercial radio and when they you know then they can actually build up some money that way but yeah all right well maybe we can reform that in our <laughs> copious spare time <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's super fun to talk to you. Uh, you can find all of the Cups and Cakes properties at Cups and Cakes. That's Cups and the letter N, Cups and Cakes Pod.com. And you can listen to the Cups and Cakes podcast on Mixcloud. And you can subscribe to Inside the Artist's Studio in Apple Podcasts. Yep. And you can follow uh, Cups and Cakes Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. These links and Jeff's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandherdyeg.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandherdyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And visit albertapodcastnetwork.com to sign up for updates on the network we're building powered by ATB. Many thanks to Castria for helping me produce this podcast. You can find out how they can help you at wearecastria.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.